My twin brother may not speak to me in words, but he communicates through love better than anyone else that I know. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Beyond the Waves podcast. I'm your host, Julia Taranzak, and my twin brother, Michael, has Down syndrome and is my inspiration behind everything that I do. My mission is to share the lessons I've learned in unconditional love through growing up with Michael, to provide a means of healing while empowering you to achieve what makes your heart sing, all while revealing the beauty behind each individual who has Down syndrome. Hello everyone, happy Monday. Welcome to episode number five of the Beyond the Waves podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and also happy November. I can't believe we're about to hit the eighth month mark of staying at home and quarantine and all the things that are happening, but this is what our new 2020 reality looks like now. And as I mentioned beforehand, October was Down Syndrome Awareness Month. And something that's so important to remember is that Down Syndrome Awareness doesn't just happen for a month. It's an ongoing process. This is something that we continue to do every single day. So even moving forward, I'll still be sharing the lessons I've learned from Michael. And in particular, today I'll be talking about what I've learned in being present. And by being present, I mean by living in the moment. So I'll never forget when I was a college athlete and my freshman year, my swim coach was amazing. Her name's Corey Falcon. And she was also a yogi and she would talk about mindfulness and staying present. And I I was really familiar with what mindfulness was. That was something I really enjoyed and I loved to practice a lot. But when she talked about being present... I always remember sitting there and being like, Corey, what the hell are you talking about? Like, what What are you telling us right now? And I eventually learned that being present is when you aren't ruminating over the past and you're not anxious over what's going to happen in the future, but you're simply living in the moment. You're present, you're aware of what's going on in your surroundings, you're truly listening to the people who are in front of you, You're aware of what's going on and your mind is present to what's going on in that moment rather than drifting off and being somewhere else. And this is something that I didn't even realize was something I was really learning from Michael. And this really came up for me, especially while I was in college. While I was in school, I lived on campus my freshman year. So I was in La Jolla. My family still lived inland. But we were still about 20 minutes away from each other. So on the weekends, Michael would come and visit with my mom. And as I mentioned beforehand, I was in school. I was, back when I was in college, my undergrad time, I was committed to going to medical school. And for those of you who are pre-med or who are doctors or just in medical school, you know that your GPA is so important and that's a huge thing that medical schools look for on top of the extracurriculars and your MCAT and so on and so forth. But nonetheless, you still have to have a really good GPA. And when I was in school, especially that freshman year, I was so concerned with having really good grades 
For those of you who went to college, you know that it's a really overwhelming process. That freshman year is very different. You're adjusting. Maybe you're starting a quarter system for the first time, or maybe you're in your semester system. Whatever system you're in that might be different from when you had in high school, it's a big thing to adjust to. And when I was spending time with my family on the weekends, there were so many times I would try to rush my time with Michael or my mom, or... I was worrying so much about studying for a quiz or studying for an exam and making sure that I had everything lined up for school, which don't get me wrong, it's still important. But I'd noticed during our Sundays when Michael would be visiting and I'd have my time with my family, my mind would be somewhere else. My mind would be so concerned about school and so concerned about having good grades that I wasn't really truly there with my mom and my brother. And I really bring this up because how many times are you living in your mind or living in your thoughts and you're not really truly there for the people that are right directly in front of you? And something that I think is so important to remember is that a lot of people, I think I mentioned this in our last podcast, so many people say that those individuals who have Down syndrome are always happy which we know they're not. They express all the emotions that you or I can, and sometimes they do it one way or another. But something that they do is they stay present. They don't let all the garbage, all the shit that our minds carry on to stick with them all day because they can stay present in the moment. Instead of worrying about what may be going on, they're living to what's in front of them already. And I started realizing this when I was with Michael that He didn't have a care in the world about my exams. He didn't even know what was going on because he was so happy to get to spend time with me. He was so happy to get to spend time by the ocean and getting to hang out with my mom and I. And that made me realize and start to question, how many moments in my life am I missing out on because I'm worrying about things that don't matter in that moment? I'm worrying about things that I don't even need to even focus my energy on And I'm just completely wasting my time. And through that experience with Michael, I realized it's so important to stay present. That's when I finally began to understand what my coach Corey was talking about my entire freshman year is that being present is so powerful. Because as we grow up, we learn to live in the thoughts that are in our head. We've developed these monkey minds. We have so many thoughts that are bouncing around in our head. I used to hear that we have 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts a day. And then this year they've come out with studies saying that it's 6,000 thoughts a day. And whatever that number is, it doesn't really matter. But something that I think is so crazy is that 80% of those thoughts that we have are negative. And if you haven't heard of this before, we humans have a negative bias. I learned about this when I read the book Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff. It's one of my favorite books. I read it my sophomore year of college when I was kind of starting my self-love journey. And something that I think is really interesting to know is that part of our negative bias comes from in pre-civilized times when we were hunters and gatherers, if you were out in the wilderness or you're out hunting, yeah, maybe it's nice to go look at the pretty flowers that are around you. But if there's going to be a tiger out behind a tree, you're going to want to pay more attention to that and be more mindful to the threat that's in front of you and react to it right away 
rather than the beautiful things like the flowers and whatever else might be in front of you. And nowadays, we probably aren't facing a tiger behind a tree. We probably don't have to run away from a lion. But our negative bias has stayed with us. And a trick that I learned is if you notice yourself thinking negative thoughts or even against yourself is to thank your negative bias for doing so and reminding yourself that I am safe, I am calm, I am supported, thank you for this thought, I am okay. And another interesting thing about all the thoughts that we have every day is that 95% of them are repetitive thoughts. And I think this is a really interesting concept, especially if you're on a personal growth journey, maybe a professional growth. If you're seeking growth in any form, it's really important to realize what thoughts are you repeating to yourself? What thoughts are you carrying over from the day before that are serving you or maybe are just weighing you down? And with that being said... That's why it's so important to have a mindfulness practice to be aware of what thoughts are you allowing in or out of your mind. As I mentioned in the beginning, when we're living in the past, we're typically ruminating, which means that we're repeating the same negative thoughts over and over and over again. And I used to be so guilty of this, and sometimes I'm still really guilty of this. I remember growing up and If I ever crossed anyone, like let's say I was in the grocery store and I accidentally cut someone in line and someone snipped at me, I would think and I would relive that experience the entire day and get so anxious over it. And I don't do that anymore now. But when I was younger, this was something that was just always on my mind. And something that's really interesting is that we're the only animals out there that ruminate. No other animals do this except for human beings. And when you are ruminating, it's important to remind yourself that whatever has happened has happened. That thinking about whatever just happened in the past isn't going to resolve anything. And then if you're the opposite side, maybe you're anxious about what's going to happen in the future. I'm really guilty about this as well. I get super anxious sometimes before work meetings or anxious before a big event. And it's so important to also remind yourself or ask yourself, what does thinking about this future event do for me? How is it even serving me? And I remember reading a quote one time that said, if you're anxious about an experience that's about to happen, Why are you going to force yourself to relive that scary experience twice? Why are you going to create a story in your head and get worked up and anxious and stressed out over it and then have to experience it again in real life? And not only that, what if you were making up a scenario that absolutely isn't going to even happen, but you just let your mind wander and you're already letting yourself live in an experience that isn't even going to happen. And how many times in your life have you been anxious or worried or maybe you're ruminating over something while you're spending time with quality people? When that happens, you're not fully there. You're not fully present for the ones that you love. You're not fully present to whatever's going on because your mind is living elsewhere. 
I'm really guilty of this. And I've done a lot of work over the years to stay present and still be there while I'm with my loved ones, my friends, whoever they may be. And I still get to work on this at times. And there's a few things that you can do and a few things that you can practice to help bring yourself back to the present moment. One of my favorite ways to practice being present is by focusing on your breath. And I think your breath is one of the most important signs that we have to understand what's going on inside of our minds. Because when you're calm, you're content, you're relaxed, your breath is going to be really slow, really calm, very smooth, very even. And whenever you're stressed out or you're anxious or maybe you're ruminating, your breath is going to be short, it's going to be choppy, might even be more difficult to breathe. So if you're ever caught in a situation where you're really stressed out, maybe it's before a really scary meeting, whatever it may be, take a few seconds just focus on your breath. Focus on deepening your inhales and deepening your exhales. Because when you're focusing on your breath, you don't have room to focus on the other thoughts that might be on your mind. And as you start to slow down your breath, you'll also start to slow down the thoughts that are also present in your mind. Another tool that's really valuable is by meditating. And I've definitely seen meditations out there that are 15, 20, 30 minutes long. And those are really daunting and those are really scary. And the important thing to know is that it can either just be a few breaths, like I mentioned earlier. Or if you've been starting your meditation, you can start really small. Even two minutes a day makes such a difference. And when it comes down to meditating, it's not about slowing your mind down. Yes, that might be the ultimate goal down the road, but when we're starting to meditate, the biggest thing to practice and the biggest thing to learn is to be an observer of your thoughts, to observe them without any judgment, to observe them without any attachment, and to view your thoughts almost as if they were waves in the ocean, just watching those waves flow by without attaching yourself to any of them, without judging any of those waves, but simply allowing them to pass by. Because when you start to observe your thoughts, that's how we get to truly practice mindfulness. When you get to be aware of what thoughts you're allowing in or what thoughts you're attaching yourself onto. And by doing so, you get to think about Which of these thoughts are serving me and which of these thoughts are simply weighing me down? And lastly, setting an intention is so important. Before you do any activity, having an intention behind your actions helps you realize, why am I doing this? One example that I can think of is if you're mindlessly eating. I am so dang guilty of this. If I'm ever stressed out or I'm overwhelmed, sometimes I'll end up eating a bunch of chocolate. And I don't know about you guys, but there's been times where I'll just 
have a box of chocolates in front of me. I'll just keep eating them. And then I realize, oh my gosh, I've eaten half of this box already because I've been so mindless and I've been so overwhelmed by other things that are going on around me. And by having an intention before we do something, it lets us understand, why am I doing this? Is this going to better me? Is this going to serve me well? And it brings us back to that present state so we aren't scarfing down half a box of chocolates because our mind is living elsewhere. And there's so many areas of your life where being present adds a lot of value and serves you really well. And I believe that one of the best ways that being present serves you is by being there for your loved ones, is by being present in that space and living in the moment while you're spending time with them. As I mentioned, I really realized this when I was spending time at the beach with my mom and my brother, and I realized these are the moments that are going to matter. And now I'm looking back six years later thinking, how did I ever prioritize worrying about school over spending time with Michael? Because when I look back at my experience, I look back at the moments that I spent the time with the ones that I loved, when I spent time with my friends, when I got to spend time with Michael, my mom, my family, those are the moments that truly stand out to me. I don't give a shit about the nights where I was up studying really late, where I was stressed out over an exam, and where I was concerned about what my grades were going to look like. Those moments, yes, they were necessary then, because of course... You still need to focus and study on school. But in those moments where I was with my family, school didn't matter in those times. What mattered were the people that were in front of me and the people that I love because you never know what time you're going to have left with the ones you love. And it's so important to remember to spend that time wisely, to share your energy and to share your presence with them is truly a gift. Thank you so much for tuning in. If there's any other ways that you like to stay present, I would love to hear them. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please let me know. You can find me on Instagram at beyondthewavesblog. And if you know someone who may benefit from today's episode, please feel free to share with them so we can share the Beyond the Waves mission of spreading unconditional love and showing what it looks like to grow up with a sibling who has Down syndrome. I'm so grateful for all of you, sending you all so much love, and I'll talk to you next week.